into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. And we're back with another episode of Televised Heroics. This time, not so big, but you know what? I had a good time recording last week's episode. How about you, Daniel? I did too. I didn't even realize that, you know, we took quite a while recording. It felt like a normal episode to me. <laughs> um, but we do have a lot of episode or a lot of shows to get through today. So, uh, and we're going to be ending with the milestone um season premiere of The Walking Dead. Can't wait to talk about that. How about you? I'm excited to hear everything you have to say about it. <laughs> I mean, it's I, I have to assume by now everybody knows probably one of the I guess they said that it was one of their highest rate or watched episodes, but still not as high as they thought it was going to be. Um obviously if you've went on social media at all this week you've seen all the all the news and all the memes and everything to, to to go with the episode. But, uh, yeah, we'll get to that at the end of the episode, like we normally do. First, uh, let's talk about a little bit of, uh, a little bit of geek news. Uh, so, right. huh? Oh, I just said, all right. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we have some news coming out of Deadpool two. The director, Tim Miller from Deadpool one, uh, had some creative differences as it's been, as it's being reported with, Ryan Reynolds and uh un- and unfortunately he left the project. It sounds like they left he left amic- amicably uh no hard feelings, but Fox went ahead and let him leave that project and they moved him over to another Fox project. Uh meanwhile, they went and got the director of John Wick to come and be the director of Deadpool 2. His name is uh I believe David Lech. So, which is okay with me cuz John Wick's an amazing movie. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, what, what do you, um, what, how do you feel about them getting a new director? I mean, as long as they get another good director, so it seems like they do because it's the John Wick uh, director, I'm okay with it. Um, did any of the articles go into detail as to why they had created differences? From what I was able to pick up, basically what had happened was um, obviously – they had a small budget for uh, dead the first Deadpool movie, and, and when I say small, it's small for a comic book movie. Most comic book movies get a hundred million plus. They had fifty eight million dollars to do what they did with that movie, and it was amazing. Uh, this time, and then obviously it went on to to be the highest grossing R rated movie ever. So they had a lot of money, or Fox is going to be throwing a lot of money at them. And Tim Miller was like, "Yes, throw me all the money. I will do all these things with all this money." Uh, whereas Ryan Reynolds was like, well, if you put too much money into it, we're going to go overboard and do things that is not going to be good. And it's going to leave from the formula that we did in the first movie. Uh, so between Ryan Reynolds and the two writers, they all decided that it was a better option to just go with the lesser budget. And, uh, basically, basically what had, what came up was that Tim Miller had an idea. His idea for the movie was one 
went one direction and then Ryan Reynolds and the writer's idea for the movie went another direction. So they basically had two different movies uh, up there on the table and I guess three to one wins. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. So, yeah, I mean, obviously I would love to see more special effects and, and more big fight scenes and stuff. But, yeah, I wouldn't want them to ruin it by throwing too much money at it. And I feel like some sequels have actually done that where they do over-the-top scenes that don't even belong in, you know, that sort of movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, Spider-Man 3 is a great example. Spider-Man, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 is also another great example. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm glad that they chose to, you know, not go down that route. So, yeah, that that's what I had to say about that. Um I know we don't talk about uh supernatural on this show, but I do feel it's uh, it's pretty big staple in the geek culture seeing as how it's a CW show and it's been on for 12 years now. Uh Jeez. and it just keeps going, but basically in an interview with um, TV Line, the two stars of the show, Jensen, Jensen Eccles and Jared Padlecki, uh, were asked what would if the show were to end anytime soon, what, what's something they would like to do for the finale? And uh, Padlecki said, you know, I don't like to say the show will end because I don't really want the show to ever end. Um, but he said if the show were to ever wrap down, he would love to get Eric Kripke, the creator of the show and the showrunner for the first five seasons to come back and kind of give, uh, you know, his, his bow out for the last episode, you know, basically, uh, have him be there to see how the creation ends just because he was there since he was there at the beginning. And, uh, Jensen Eccles pretty much, uh, you know, uh, mirrored the same thing. I uh, said it would. Uh, Eccles said uh, it would be nice to to. Uh, it it would be a nice little bow on the top bow on top of the whole thing to have Eric take us out. So uh, as of right now, the show is is show run by Bob Singer, the executive producer, and Andrew Dab, and uh, you know, and and Eric Kripke is over on his new show, Timeless, right now. So, uh, th- but that would be what they would really want to do. Gotcha. And uh, you know, I've actually heard pretty good things about Timeless as well. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm I'm currently watching it right now. It's really not wowing me, though. I I'll I'll give you this right now. Legends of Tomorrow is doing much. It's for me is doing a lot better than uh, Timeless is because uh, I mean, which is funny because both shows have a historian, quote unquote historian that that's on the team just to be there to be like, hey, don't mess with this, or hey, that person is important because of this. And timeless, I don't know. The, I, I think I think they need to get more into their bigger story arc than what they're doing with their uh, episodic uh, procedural episode by episode. Hey, this is where we're going this week, and this is what we need to solve this week. Whereas mm, that the, sounds familiar. <laughs> whereas the overall story seems a lot better, but we we're not getting any clues really of what's going on. So. Uh, which I understand because they want to drag that out as, as much as they can. But yes, it does right. sound familiar. Whereas <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow, I can at least look forward to every week seeing something to do with the DC Universe. Now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we will definitely get to talking about the our Shogun episode this week uh, here pretty soon. Uh, last piece of geek news uh, comes from uh, the TV show Arrow. 
which we definitely talk about a lot. And as we know, more often than not, we see references to the Green Lantern storylines uh, in Green in Arrow, and uh, so with Easter Easter eggs such as Co City. Uh, uh, Carly Pope was playing Susan Williams, who's a reporter from Coast City. Uh, obviously, Ferris Airfield and Ferris Air a lot. Uh, but they said don't look for the Green Lantern to to show up in Arrow anytime soon. Um, we have they they let's see who was the Arrow was talking. Uh, they were talking to Wendy Merkel, who or Miracle which is an executive producer for the show, and she had this to say. One of the fun parts of the show is that you can put these characters in and the Easter eggs and the fans will know this universe so well, respond to it on varying levels of excitement and whatnot. But the thing about her character that's so intriguing is that it operates on on that level. It also operates because she's someone who's very intrigued by Oliver, who's going to uncover some secrets that Oliver has, which is going to be really fun and is a fun nod to the Green Lantern, who obviously we could never bring on the show. So uh, there you have it. Don't expect a Green Lantern to show up anytime soon. I wonder if they'll do Green Lantern after uh, the Guardians movie comes out. You mean on the TV show? Yeah. Why? Like you just you just feel that the the since they have uh, Guardians is done is done in outer space and Green Lantern is done in outer space. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I don't know. Just a thought. I mean, we already had one Guardians movie, so they would have already had their reason to do it. True. I mean, I just don't think that I think because that they're still having the Guardian or the Green Lantern Core movie. Yeah. That's probably why they they're still not bringing it into the TV show plus. I mean, I know they do special effects in these shows, but it would be a lot of CGI to do a Green Lantern. I know. And especially Arrow, we don't get a lot of CGI. We get a lot more practical effects in 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 Arrow. Explosions everywhere. Explosions, wire work, stuff like that. Yeah. So, but I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to see any one of the what six Green Lantern Earth Green Lanterns in uh, the Arrowverse. Any one of the four shows that would be pretty cool. It could work. Actually, could I think I think a Green Lantern would work really well in Supergirl right now. Wouldn't I mean? Wouldn't you think? I mean, with the whole aliens and space and stuff. Yeah, it really would. I mean, if they're already going to be bringing in... Talking to you, CW, listen to us. (laughs) I mean, if they're already brought in Superman, who obviously is a part of the DC Extended Universe movie branch, then why not bring in Green Lantern as well? Who would you like... (laughs) Of of the four, who would you like to see? Hal? No. Actually. Okay. Who would you like to see? I, I, I... Kyle. You want to see Kyle? Yeah. Huh. Kyle has always it, been my favorite Green Lantern. I don't know if he's yours or not, but... It's just uh, since, I, you know, he's got, like, an artist, and I, I think his constructs are so fucking awesome, the comic books. They look so good. 
It's true. It's it's a little bit more extravagant than just a baseball glove or a boxing glove or <laughs> or, <laughs> or airplanes or yeah or planes or John Stewart's uh, beam of lights. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, that, I mean, that would be pretty cool. I would think that uh, if anything, if it was Supergirl that they brought her in, they'd probably bring in Jessica Cruz just because they kind of have a theme going over there. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, but it would be kind of fun to see, like, Guy Gardner come on that show and be, I mean, just be, like, a total uh, hothead and and maybe even be a love interest for Kara. That could happen. But he's too <laughs> much a dick. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> well, else every once in a while, you just got to throw in that asshole guy, right? That's true. Well, I mean, we have one right now, Snapper Car. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but he's not a love interest. True. Which he could have been. He's supposed to be young. He's supposed to be the JLA's young sidekick. Yeah, not going to happen, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> well, you know, as uh, we're talking about Supergirl, let's go ahead and talk about Supergirl then. Uh, this week's episode was, I don't know, uh, very uneventful for me until the very end, and then I freaked out. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much had to say the exact same thing, but I will tell you this: um, now that you you know you've always pointed out that Supergirl ends right uh, or starts right where the last episode ended, which um, you know I paid close detail to that, and it made it feel like those transitions actually make it seem like I'm reading a comic book. So I can appreciate that a lot more now. Wow, you know what? I didn't think about that, but you're right. That is, I mean, that's exactly how comic books always end uh, with the epilogue to what's going to happen in the next ep- in the next issue. So yeah, that really does work that way. Um, yeah, as uh, last week's episode ended, we saw uh, this young crypt or this un- unconscious Kryptonian start to choke out Kara. So uh, as we start this episode, he wakes up and throws her across the DEO room, which um, obviously uh, made it so that he could get away. And we eventually find out that he's not a Kryptonian, but a Daxamite, like someone said. Like you're always right. (laughs) And what was his name as well? Well, see, that's okay. In the show, he went ahead and went with his name as Mon-El. What in the comic books, his name is either Valor or Larga, and uh, and uh, since he lost his memory, Superman or Superboy at the time is the one that actually gave him the name of Monel because he thought he was Kryptonian, and the only reason why it was Mon is because he was he landed on Earth on a Monday, <laughs> huh. uh, but in this version he says he says his actual name is Monel, which. He also, I believe, says something about her being from the House of L because he recognizes the the S symbol on her on her chest, and she says her right. name is uh, Kara Zor-El, which uh, you know Zor is her father's name, so it's like kind of having your father's name because she's a girl, I guess. You know, I never got that about the whole Kryptonian heritage thing. You know, like I don't know, but uh, yeah, he. I, I just wonder why they. You know, they didn't, like, make something about that. The fact that they both have the same surname of L. And he's a Daxamite, obviously. He's on another whole other planet. Which, apparently, Krypton and Daxam have a 
huge civil war amongst each other because uh, they just don't like each other. And and as they tried very hard to point out in this episode is that uh, your side ha- obviously has a different view of what's happening than what the other side has. And they definitely, uh, I don't know how to put it, they, they, they both think that the other side is wrong, I guess. Yep. And basically, Carl's like, oh, you know, they did some really awful things, so that's why we don't like them. And fucking Monel says the exact same thing. We don't like Kryptonians because you guys did something really awful. <laughs> uh, yeah, and she obviously, she thinks that he's the one that's attacking the president. And let's talk about who the president is in this episode. Linda Carter. Linda Carter, formerly Wonder Woman from the 1970s. Uh, she... Obviously, um, I which I, I hope you caught the Wonder Woman reference in the episode. No, I didn't, actually. <laughs> so, at the very end of the episode, uh, Kara is saying goodbye to the president, and she says something about, that's the first time I ever got to ride in Air Force One. And uh, the president, played by Linda Carter, says... Oh, well, you should see my oh. other jet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which obviously references to the invisible jet that Wonder Woman had. I just thought, uh, thought of that because they used that line in um, in The Dark Knight. <laughs> they did use like, that oh, line. That, that's a nice car. <laughs> you should see my other one. <laughs> uh, plus, also, Kara, at one point, uh, when she is defending the president against the fireballs, I think, uh, she starts doing a spin move. Which yeah. is very much, you know, Linda Carter from the Wonder Woman seventy seven, where she changed from Diana Prince to Wonder Woman by spinning. Yep, I saw that. <laughs> uh, plus, okay, so then you know, at the very end, when when Wonder Woman is or Wonder Woman when the president is walking away, her eye, her face, her body changes, her face changes. What did you pick? What did you think of that? She's evil. True, but what kind of evil? Like, what do you think she is? uh, I want to say magic, godlike. Maybe I'm just thinking, you know, of Wonder Woman, but seem like, you know, like a demon or like a goddess or that type of thing. Interesting. Okay. So the, the impression that I got, because it seemed like this episode, especially with, uh, the way that the president, I still don't remember what her, her name was in the show. I just keep calling her president. The president interacted with Johns or Jean on this, in this episode, the Martian Manhunter. She keeps saying, well, why don't you just wear your normal form? Why don't you just wear your regular form? You know, uh, why, why, mm-hmm. why do you look like this? And he's like, well, you know, it's better. It helps people relax around me. And a lot of the, the episode focused on him, I feel. So I think she might be a white Martian. That's actually what I was going to ask you next. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, brings us to the very end of the episode where uh, John decides to go into the bar that uh, he learned about from Alex um, that basically is supposed to be a safe haven for aliens. Uh, and he meets a young bartender girl who doesn't want to be around him. And as she leaves, uh, he, he tracks her down and is like, Hey, who are you? What, why, you know, why are you acting weird around me? And it ends up being Miss Martian. 
Now, are we going to have her be the white Martian that she's supposed to be? Or is she going to stay a green Martian? Oh, that's a very good question. I mean, are we going to go... I don't know if this is just a Young Justice thing or if it's in the comic books, too. But are we also going to do the whole, uh, you know, she's John Jones, uh, you know, the niece? So, in the comic books, uh, she's a white Martian that... that Jean found and uh, basically helped train, become more human, you know, be around humans. And he he tells everybody that she's his his niece, but she's not actually his niece. In Young Justice, she's still a white Martian, and I don't I don't know if they ever actually go into the count that if she is his niece or just pretending to be his niece. Okay, yeah, I don't think we got too much detail because she, from time to time, she would call him uncle, you know, but that's about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if they went into detail about that either. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that might have been something they were going to do in season three that they never got to. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget season three. Uh, uh, also, we got in a new character from the comic books, Maggie Sawyer. Uh, in the comic books, she is a former police officer or detective from Gotham PD that gets transferred to Metropolis PD when they come up with the Metropolis Science Police. And basically they're supposed to uh, deal with metahumans. And in this, she's transferred to National City for the National City Science Police so they can deal with aliens. And she and she is in the comic book. She, she is also a homosexual. She is a lesbian. And this, they play it up a lot, and they did. I think a lot of people online, from what I read, is that they're trying to imply that Alex and Maggie are going to become a couple. To me, I just felt like they were becoming good friends. Like I felt like they were going to become a you know very like BFFs or something. But I mean, I don't know if they end up becoming girlfriends as well. Yeah, I, I kind of got that vibe that actually that you know they're going to become a thing later in the later on in the show. Could be, I don't know. It, it it could go either way, but to me, it just felt like I just thought that they were connecting through the job and you know the back the fact that they're both kind of kick ass females. Yes, very much so. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to say about this episode? Uh. Not, not that I can think of at the moment. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, basically, Kara makes up with uh, Monel. The two of them come have a good relationship. She has to tell him that Daxum is destroyed after uh, Krypton exploded. Um, so there's pretty much. Uh, I, I don't know what. I don't remember exactly what he did at the end of the episode. Did he take off? Did he decide he was going to stick around? I think he just decided to take off. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I I was expecting and hoping for a whole Weapon X thing, you know, when he choked out Kara in the beginning of the episode, but we never got that. <laughs> no, we never really got that. Uh, all right, let's go on to Gotham. Um, so they've decided to go definitely a certain direction with uh, the Penguin character. Yeah, the whole episode was just uh, mainly penguin centric and uh, and 
oh god, uh, Gordon centric too. Very much so. They uh, they're trying to set up, or basically the whole episode. Penguin is trying to tell tell Nigma his true feelings for him that he's in love with him, and uh, over and over failing to do so. Uh, mean uh, that basically until the very end when Nigma comes across a girl in a uh, liquor store when he's picking up wine that looks a lot like Miss Kringle, and. Uh, do you happen to remember what her name was? Oh, um, I think I wrote it down, actually. Uh, Isabella. Isabella, that's right. Uh, I don't know if she's going to end up being, she's supposed to be someone in the comic books or not, but yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's the same actress, isn't it? That played Miss Kringle? Yeah, it's the same actress, just different wig. Okay. (laughs) Uh, fair enough. So, I... I would assume since the way that he killed Miss Kringle and kind of chopped up her body and put her in that, <laughs> that trunk, that Indian Hill couldn't have brought her back to life. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess you never know. Uh, so that I programmed be... her to be like Nigma because she likes riddles too. She does like riddles too. That was uh, that was interesting. Uh, the rest, the rest of the episode was about the Hatter uh, messing around with uh, with Gordon. Basically, the whole episode is him trying to he has to he has to pick between saving two different people or at least two different instances. The first one is a newly married couple or on the top of a roof uh, about to jump off, where a or a child is about to be hit by a bus, and. Uh, I thought it was very interesting is that you know his first, the his, his, the way that he was brought to the to the area was by the white rabbit or basically an albino guy that Matt Hatter tricked into being the white rabbit or hypnotized into being the white rabbit. I have a message for you, James Gordon. <laughs> uh, yeah. So throughout the whole episode, he has to keep dealing with this, where he has to pick one or the other. Basically, leading up to the end. When Mad Hatter has uh, both Leslie or Lee and um, Valerie, and he asks him which one he I think he says which one should I shoot, and Gordon doesn't respond. Eventually, he says, "Well, which one do you do you love more?" And uh, he eventually says, "Okay, shoot Lee." And when he goes to shoot Lee, he says, "Nah, that means you like Valerie more, so I'm gonna shoot Valerie." Now. Do you think Gordon figured it out and was like, well, I actually love Lee more, so I'm going to say for him to shoot Lee because I know he's going to eventually, he's going to shoot whoever he thinks I love more? Yeah. I think that was a thing. Uh, I think that's what, I think that was a thing too. Okay. <laughs> so. Made it obvious. <laughs> if Valerie, she does get shot in the gut. And as we know from Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Very painful uh, place to get shot, and more than likely you're going to die, and you're going to die in an agoniz- agonizing pain. If Valerie Vale dies, does this set up for a younger sister of hers named Vicky Vale, who's really into photography, to eventually show up later when uh, Bruce is older and Batman? Yes. Mm. Definitely. <laughs> uh, I think that's the same as well. I think that's. I think. I think she's definitely going to die. Uh, so it would be, you know, once again, 
Gordon will go into his funk and uh, Lee will have to like sweat over him or, uh, you know, dot over him. Be like, it's okay. And then eventually they'll fall in love again. Yeah, probably. That's going to happen too. <laughs> yeah, that's probably going to happen. Uh, Hatter gets away at the end and basically we can sit, we continue on with Gotham Mad City. Yep, and pretty much, uh, like I told you, I think it's going to be, the Mad Hatter is only probably going to be up till mid-season, and then he's going to be done. Yeah, I, I feel that's the same way. He might, like, to, uh, at the mid-season, I figure he'll probably end up getting wounded somehow, so that he won't be around uh, for the beginning of the second half of the season, but then he'll eventually show up at the season finale. So you think they're going to do a Theo Galaban thing with him? Uh, I think that might happen. I mean, it kind. Of, I mean, he might even like team up with uh, Fish Mooney. We haven't even seen her since the beginning of the season. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about her. So I mean, there's still a lot that could happen around here. Uh, we definitely see that. Um, what's a penguin is running the city both as the mayor and as the kingpin of crime. So. Uh, we'll have to see where that ends up. Anything else you want to talk about this episode? Um, yeah, I just wanted to go ahead and add that, you know, since we're talking about reoccurring themes, pretty sure that Penguin's going to find out about the Kringle lookalike. He's going to get jealous. He's going to end up killing her. So he can have the Riddler to, to himself, but that's going to end up pushing the Riddler away. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah cool. There's pretty much yeah that's that's pretty much set for the next until the mid season finale. <laughs> yeah, uh, we boom got, we called it. We got it figured out. <laughs> Which I don't even think did we even see Bruce and Alfred in this episode? No, they were not part of this episode whatsoever. <laughs> so maybe uh, this upcoming Monday's episode is going to be you know mainly Bruce and Alfred centric and just focus on them and maybe Selena. Fair enough. Maybe we'll finally get some Ivy Pepper in there and what's going on with her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go on to Arrow. Or, no, Flash. Because Flash is on Tuesdays, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Flash. How did we feel about this episode? It, it's all... Oh, man, I don't know. Like I said on Twitter... Uh, you know, Flash, and I've said it before when I saw the first season, I was like, wow, I like Flash more than Arrow. I didn't expect that to happen, but now that's slowly fading it. Uh, the Flash is just trying to be too many, trying to cover too many things at once, I guess. <laughs> well, I think one of the things, and obviously, yeah, The Flash has always been a show that's more about the relationships between the characters, the uh, basically Barry and his friends, than it is about the spectacle of a person who can run really fast and defeat metas. So most of this episode is basically just about how Barry is going to how Barry acts around Joe when him and Iris are making out, and it just happens over and over in this episode, and it's ridiculous. So. Uh, the, I mean, basically at the end he's like, okay, maybe I should just get my own apartment at this point. And I was like, all I could think was like, didn't he have his own apartment last season when he was dating uh, Spivet, Patty Spivet? 
He did, but, you know, Flashpoint ruined everything. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's basically the crux of that episode is that he eventually chooses to get his own apartment. Um, the bad guy in this episode is actually two. It was Mirror Master and Top. Which they've they changed top from being male to being female, and the two of them are in a, are a couple, so that was pretty cool. Um, also, uh, Wells says that on Earth Two they also had a Mirror Master, but his his name was Evan McCullough, or no, yeah, Evan McCullough, whereas the one here is Sam Scudder, and I forget which one is the first one and which one is the second one in the comic books. I think it's Sam Scudder and then Evan McCullough. But uh okay. yeah, we they he says that instead of him being a meta, he has a gun that allows him to travel between mirrors and stuff. Which I'm used to actually. Yeah, exactly. The well, gun. yeah, both of them in the comic books, both of them have the mirror gun. Uh the second one is gets his got his mirror gun from the first one. Uh except until the point when Someone went and made all the rogues, Flash's rogues, into metas. So every one of them that used some type of gun or weapon to control, to do whatever they did, like Weather Wizard or Captain Cold or Mirror, they were able to do that with their own bodies instead. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) But I think since then, they've went back to being regular rogues with their guns. Gotcha. Uh, Yeah, so it was... Obviously, for some reason, Sam Scudder, after getting hit with the dark matter wave that tr- created gave him his powers, he got stuck inside one mirror until eventually they lifted that mirror. And I guess that's it might be because he just didn't know how to use his powers at the time, but he quickly learned uh, how to jump between surfaces, and he eventually broke top out. Uh, they gave her, instead of the power that the top has in the comic books of being able to spin really fast. Yeah. Really fast. They gave her the power, basically like vertigo. They make it. So she makes it so that whoever she's fighting starts to feel like their world is spinning, which actually looked pretty cool on the special effects. It did. It it was, it was a a good special effect. Uh, started looking all inception ish. (laughs) Uh, very much so. Uh, oh, and then uh, basically the we had the three scientists. We had Harrison Wells and uh, Cisco and Caitlin all working on trying to find them another Harrison Wells from another Earth to hang out with them. Because Harrison Wells from Earth 2 decides that he can't just be here to hang out with you guys anymore. He needs to go back to Earth 2 with his daughter, Jesse Quick. <laughs> yep. Uh, while... They are here. Jesse Quick is also learning how to use her speed powers with Barry. And as any young speedster, she is always too, I don't know, presumptuous, too anxious. I was going to say cocky. Too, maybe, maybe even too cocky. Uh, it's funny to think that <laughs> Barry is kind of giving her lessons when really he's only had his powers for a year longer than her. So, uh,. Yeah, you know, he's teaching her stuff, and uh, eventually she learns how to take down the top. The first time, she almost fell. She did fall off a roof and almost died. Yep, 
Barry had to rescue her. And they're just like, oh my god, I'm so stupid. He would have never gotten stuck in that mirror if it wasn't for me, if I only listened. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was pretty funny that, for him to be stuck in the mirror. I did like the way that they eventually caught Mirror Master because, uh, once again, they brought science into it. And, you know, that was the first time since a long time that they had actually done that. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh eventually we did get we did get a Harrison Wells to join the team. Um I feel like this Harrison Wells is the closest one to the actual Tom Cavanaugh character or actor that they they could have had on on screen. Uh I don't know if you've ever seen Tom Cavanaugh in real life, but he kind of acts like that one. The the hipster? Yeah, the hipster. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, kind of, I'm just used to seeing him in uh, being the goofball in Scrubs. Yeah, <laughs> he's kind of the goofball in everything he does, so that's fair enough. Um, what did you think about the cowboy Harrison Wells? <laughs> Fucking hilarious! <laughs> uh, that was funny. I would like to see more doppelgangers of Harrison Wells. Do you think yeah. that uh, he's going to end up being a good guy, or do you think he's going to be a bad guy? Or see, this is what I hate about. Uh, watching it online the day after because they'll put in the preview during commercial break for the following week's episode and fucking there's a point where he's just talking to a pen and he's like yeah he's like I can't tell him just yet why I'm here for and then Cisco gets a nasty vibe and is like I don't think we could trust him and he starts going through his backpack and then Barry's like, are you, are you just going to go through his stuff without asking permission? This is ridiculous. And then Harrison walks in. And he's like, uh, distrust not exist on this earth. And then the commercial ends. Well, you know, that then I, I would have to say that that probably means that he's going to be a good guy then. <laughs> because if they're already shooting their wad with the whole he might be a bad guy at this point, then uh, it's just a misdirect. Okay. Well, I still feel like, you know, uh, it spoiled some of it. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, even if you believe that it is that he's a bad guy or if he is a good guy, either way, you can see that it spoils it. It should just be left. They shouldn't do that with the promo, with the promo for the next week's episode. Yep. Uh, anything else you want to talk about in this episode? Oh, uh, Caitlin, she's turning blue. Oh, that's true. At the very end of the episode, she is looking more like her killer frost counterpart because uh, she did have to use her powers to help barry get out of the the mirror um which i thought was interesting because the basically cisco recreates the uh the the zero gun that captain cold uses and that gun was not able to get cold enough which it's absolute zero so i don't understand how it couldn't get cold enough but apparently Caitlin could get colder, so uh, she freezes the mirror so that he can vibrate out. Um, at, I guess because doing that, she ends up, her lips turn blue, her hair starts to turn uh, white in white. areas, and she cuts that off. Uh, I Do you think that maybe she's afraid that just because she gets her power, she's going to become evil as well? Yeah, I think that's a lot to play into it that and also obviously if she uses her powers more you know the more she's going to start representing that killer frost that we know from the comics just getting pale blue eyes blue lips hair yada 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 okay well that's uh, something to look forward to 
And before we shut this down, um, Wells mentioned Terra Prime. Do you know anything about it? Well, in the comic books, when uh, they talk about Earth Prime, basically that is the Earth that the evil Superboy comes from. Oh. Because on that Earth, all these stories about Flash and uh, Superman and Batman and stuff like that, that they're all comic books. And uh, basically, I believe the story goes... He, this kid read a lot of comic books, uh, and his name, his last name is Kent, and his his parents named him Clark because there was the comic book Superman, and they were like, well, it might be cool to call our kid Clark Kent. Uh, so, and then when uh, eventually, when Earth or uh, the crisis on on Infinite Earths happens, uh, they go and they get this this kid who. Uh, eventually finds out that he has superpowers. He has powers just like the Superman in the comic books. And they bring him to um, fight... What's his name? The Anti-Monitor. So that's what Earth Prime is. It's an Earth where all the comic book... All the superheroes that we know are are just comic books and there are no superheroes. Except for when this young boy eventually gets his powers. Gotcha. Gotcha. So does that mean that also in the episode preview there was a giant monster? So could that be the anti monitor? Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I wouldn't think they would already start doing Crisis on Infinite Earths or <laughs> or start hinting at it. But hell, why not? <laughs> it looked like one of the aliens from Cloverfield. Ooh, that that would be the anti monitor. He's a huge like kind of rock looking guy but he has armor on yeah i mean i've seen him i know what he looks like so for him to be a monster is kind of interesting <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean obviously the show since since its beginning has hinted towards a uh, crisis on infinite Earths. um the we saw the newspaper clipping from the future that says we yep. lose the flash to a crisis uh and uh, I think they've made other hints at it, but I can't think of it at the moment. Well, they there's probably a big old hint in uh, Legends, which we'll get into later. Ooh. Saucy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's go over to Arrow then. Uh, we'll, right. we'll come back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after we talk about Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, Arrow. We had more to do with the team. Basically... Uh, What's her name? Uh, Lila comes to to Ollie and says, "Hey, you know, John doesn't want to come out of jail. We need you to break him out." And he goes, he 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 goes to do it, but the team says it's not a good idea. He says, "What well, doesn't matter? Because I'm the leader. I'm gonna go do it anyways." They tried to fight him, and they he literally just takes them all out instantly. And they're like, "What? Those other times he was going easy on us, uh, which was great." Um, we saw more of, uh, what's her face? Uh, Felicity having to talk with Ragman to apologize for what she did. And him, Ragman was like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty much giving up being Ragman, blah, blah, blah. Until eventually she does apologize and says, look, you know, your father wanted you to be a hero. He obviously was a hero. Uh, don't give up on his legacy just like that, just because I made a stupid mistake. 
and you know it comes down to she you know he understands that she had to make a terrible almost impossible choice and that's kind of what she has to do on a regular basis because uh, something else comes up later oh whether or not to go back for wild dog when they're captured or to just take off and she says take off and wild dog is captured by tobias church and oh that just sucks i would hate to be wild dog right now <laughs> uh you know his cockiness is just getting more and more in his way he he doesn't listen to orders he doesn't listen to anybody else he goes off on his own and when you're working with a team unit you can't afford to do that yeah that's true and uh you know at this point i feel uh like he's not going to get killed i feel like he's going to join um tobias's team Ooh, i didn't think about that uh that's interesting um yeah that could definitely happen and i i could see that um, we had more of Adrian Chase, the district attorney, maybe showing more of his colors as the vigilante. Wait, uh, hold on. You cut out a little bit. What was that? Oh, the district attorney, Adrian Chase, he, when his, he was interviewing that, uh, that mob guy, he kind of was showing a little bit more of his colors as the vigilante that we know him in the comic books. Yeah, he definitely was. And then he makes... You know, that, that comment uh, towards the end of the episode, too. He's like, well, I don't know if I could trust vigilantes now. He's a but, He's, a, you know, and starting to see things differently now. Yeah, exactly. So we'll have to see if he's already being vigilante or if it's going to happen. Uh, you know, so one of the big surprises that I was hit with in this episode was that baby Black Canary isn't baby Black Canary. She is now, uh, Air, no, Artemis. Did he call him Artemis or Arrowit? Oh, I can't remember. That's what you're talking about the first five minutes. You're like, whoa. Yeah. I was like, I thought that she was just going to keep being the Black Canary because that was Laurel's wish to not let the Black Canary dream die or legacy die. And now she's using a bow and arrow and she's calling herself, I, I think they call her Artemis, which would be. Uh, you know, the character from Young Justice, the cartoon, as opposed yeah. to Arrowette, who was the character in uh, Young Justice, the comic book. I think, but I think Artemis, though, is her first name, too, I believe, in the show. Oh, yeah, in Young Not... Justice, the, t- the cartoon? No, on this one. Oh, is it? I, I think so. If I remember correctly from the last season, I think her name is also Artemis. Oh. Well, I mean, but Black Canary doesn't use a bow and arrow, so I don't know. I don't know what's Not going on us. here. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever happens is going to indicate something here pretty soon. Um, oh, you mean betray Green Arrow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we know her father isn't Sportsmaster in this TV show because uh, her parents died. By Hive. Yeah. Was it mm. was it Hive? It was Damien Dark that killed their parents, right? Yeah. yeah. Damien Dark killed her parents. Yeah, so who I don't know. Maybe she, she's she... related to the fucking black arrow that we Prometheus. Oh that could be something. <laughs> uh 
Yeah. Um, so wh- where else? Uh, I don't know. I know that you have a problem with the mask with Curtis. Curtis's mask. While in, yeah. Will, while in this fight, he gets a, a knife in the back of the neck or the back of the – in his back. Who was it they were fighting? Um, I think it was uh, Church's men. Yeah, but it was a certain guy. He kept having – he had throwing knives, didn't he? Yes. I, I don't remember that. Why though. can't I remember his name? Well, all right. It doesn't make – it doesn't matter. But uh, at the end of the episode, he seemed like he was okay. But do you think they're setting it up so that he will maybe pass away and then he'll have a younger brother named Michael that will come and take up his legacy? Oh, I hope he doesn't pass away. I like his character. I just don't like his costume. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I like his character too, but it's it's very. I think it's very strange that they went with this Curtis character instead of Michael. What if his middle name is Michael and they just haven't disclosed that information to us? Then they're doing the whole Incredible Hulk thing from back in the seventies when that show was on and. His, uh, David Bruce Banner, and you know they called him David because uh, they thought that Bruce was just not a, a manly name. The f- okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, okay. So the actress who plays Artemis, her her other character's name is Evelyn Evelyn Sharp. So Artemis okay. is her code name. Oh, all right. So well then, yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe because she can use a bow, that's why they they're like, yeah, you're not gonna be Black Canary, you're just gonna be Artemis. Yeah, exactly. That's what, I think they're going with the the whole connection to Young Justice, the TV show. Um. So okay. So I did have one problem too. You know when when the flashback when Ollie was in prison. I'm uh, trying to interview or trying to get the information from that one guy. And then he's like, oh, we don't meet in person. We always meet online. And he's like, what's the IP address? And then he's like, I'm not going to tell you what's the IP address. And, you know, he gets the IP address. How the fuck is he going to memorize all those numbers? <laughs> oh, you don't know? Uh, Oliver's really great at remembering things. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Uh, but yes, now he is Bratva, so he uh, he's part of the, the 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 family, and he killed the guy, and he has no remorse about it whatsoever. It's just as long as he's going to get to Kovar. Well, he was bitching to it uh, to KG Beast in the car. He's like, I didn't have to kill that guy, man. I feel rotten about it. He's like, Well, it's a good thing you killed him, or else you know we would have killed you. So yay. <laughs> uh, oh, fair enough. I guess you're right. Uh... <laughs> Anything else about the episode? Right now, uh, Wild Dog, yeah, like we said earlier, is is being tortured by Tobias Church, and uh, yeah. Uh, poor dude. Diggle's out of jail. He's uh, he's living with uh, Lila and John Diggle Jr. over in Hive. Which apparently still exists, so okay. <laughs> well, the, I guess the buildings are still there underground somewhere. <laughs> Might as well put them to use. Yeah. Anything else? No. Okay. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow starts off with uh, Citizen Steel. 
Yeah, it does. <laughs> he, yeah, he... Well, it, start, it starts off with Vixen kicking ass and then Citizen Seal saving the day. Yeah, yeah that's true, because she somehow managed to stow away on the on the Wave Rider and uh, basically goes after Mick because she just has a bad feeling about Mick. He's like, this guy is just a bad guy. And uh, she starts beating on him and yeah, Citizen Steel comes over and smacks her in the back of the head. Knocking her out because he's got the steel <laughs> hands. Um, the whole idea, and I like. Do you, what do you think about White Canary kind of becoming the de facto leader of the group? Actually, um, I did want to talk to you about this. Um, she's actually becoming my favorite character on the show. She is pretty awesome, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, and uh, she's doing a good job being a leader, especially with that threat. If you guys don't stop your bickering, I'm going to maroon you <laughs> at a time period of my own. <laughs> Which, you know, uh, wouldn't be so different for Mick, because Captain Cold marooned him in a time period of his own choosing at one point. <laughs> That's true. So, uh, yeah. Um, we have, uh, basically, she assigns Palmer to... Make him or get him to learn how to use his powers. As they're doing that, they blow a hole in the side of the wave rider and go flying out. And they go, they get stuck in feudal Japan. Uh, the rest of the team goes down to help him. Whereas Firestorm and or Firestorm, which is Jackson and and uh, Stein, fix the ship. They kind they come across the fact that there's an, a hidden chamber, or a hidden room that they didn't know about. And in that room, there's a bunch of uh, armaments. Weapons. And yeah, guns and uh, a message from a Barry Allen from the year I think he said twenty fifty six. Yep. So is this what you ha- were talking about? Yeah, actually. So what do you have so to say if about do that? The whole infinite crisis, then well, crisis on infinite probably, Yeah, crisis on infinite earths. He's probably like, hey, you know, Rip, your team did this specific, or maybe it's like, don't go to a specific timeline because you're going to fuck shit up for us and it's going to cause this disaster to happen. Uh, I also think it's interesting that they chose 2056 because I think that alludes towards Bart Allen, his grandson, who eventually comes out as Impulse. Okay. So Impulse is a bad guy, maybe? Mm, No. Impulse is a good guy. He becomes Kid Flash eventually. Uh, even at one point, he was actually the Flash. Uh, I just think that it might be eventually when they go to the year 2056, he will, uh, you know, they might run into him as Impulse and, and they'll be like, oh, you're the grandson of Barry Allen. So, I mean, what? I mean, obviously, we're going to find out what that message said later in the season, but what do you think, you know, it said? Uh, I don't know. I, I really, I mean, it, it could go anywhere. It really could. So I, I, I think your your guess of impending Crisis on Infinite Risk would be the best bet. All right, listeners, take your bet. <laughs> take your bets right now. Who's right and who's wrong? <laughs> uh, I will get back to you in the next episode. We'll we'll see what 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 else I can come up with. All right. Um. How was how cool was the fight? <laughs> so it was, it was great that Mick was really into ninjas, and he <laughs> and he really wanted to see some ninjas. Uh, eventually, he got to fight some, 
Um, but how cool was the fight between White Canary and uh, that general? Or I guess it wasn't the general. It was his lieutenant, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, yeah, at the very end when they pull off the classic fucking samurai showdown, they come running at each other, and then all of a sudden, kink! And the lieutenant's just like, <laughs> and you're like, well, their swords hit, so how come he? I'd, oh, she had another knife. <laughs> yep, which was pretty fucking awesome to see, right? And I thought it was great that when Vixen's sitting there, like ninjas aren't real, Mick, and she's like, uh, technically, I am a ninja because I'm part of the, <laughs> the League of Assassins or the League of Shadows. So yeah, about that. <laughs> And then Mick comes in a fucking ninja gear. He's like, see, I told you ninja's real. <laughs> I like that he, after he beat up those guys, he just came in. He, like, decided to take the time to change into the clothes. <laughs> that was awesome, though. It, it, uh, man, that was a really good time joke right there. <laughs> oh, also, so the family that they were hanging out with, the one where they had the, the cool sword uh, and... Uh, there, the his son had died and stuff like that. Uh, he said he, when later on when Haywood asked him what his last name was, or someone asked, and he says it's uh, Yamashira. That is the name of Katana from present time, the one with the magical oh. sword. So that's our connection Ooh. to the rest of the DC universe. We got to see her ancestors. That is awesome. So where does the cursed sword come in play? Oh, yeah, her husband, right? Right. right. Once her, yeah, once her husband dies, then the sword becomes cursed, and then she can collect souls. Which sounds pretty badass. <laughs> uh, episode was fun. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I like the character, Nate Haywood. Uh, I like how they're playing him off. Um, I like how the group dynamic. Uh, I think it's interesting that Vixen is going to be a part of the group now. And travel around with them, but other than that, uh, I'm cool. What about you? Yeah, I really liked the episode too. But you know, at this point, after season one, I thought fucking Ray Palmer was over his pettiness. It just pissed me off that he's like, you know, after the suit is destroyed, I'm gonna go back to being a loser. Nobody's gonna like me. Well, I'm hoping that what happens in this is that now that his suit is destroyed and I'm sorry we didn't talk about this but yeah his he eventually his suit gets destroyed because the shogun was wearing his suit and the only way to stop him was to destroy the suit uh I'm hoping that now he will redesign a new suit and instead of going with the whole iron man look he will go to a more classic a- adam look and you know we won't have the all spandex? this spandex yeah well i mean it doesn't have to be spandex but we don't need all this you know Unibeam and fucking proton attack attack kind of thing or uh, stuff like that. It just you know a slim down seamless suit that he just shrinks down and or even grows if they want to keep doing that. But uh, you know he works out how to do his atomic punch and all that good stuff. If he doesn't have his Iron Man suit, how's he going to appeal to us uh, millennials, huh? <laughs> Uh, he'll learn how to travel through cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking awesome. I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I think it, it, you know, it might make it so that his character becomes more of a, of a spy instead of a man of action. Cause we already have a lot of, uh, people of action in the show. I mean, black canary or white canary is a, a woman of action, a femme fatale, if you will. Mick Rory is uh definitely a man of action. He just goes in there. He's, a, he's their tank. He just goes in there to fucking 
you know, blow up shit. And, take out people. Yeah, take out people. So, you know, he if he becomes more of their spy now, he's... He can be he can be small more often and you know travel between people without anyone noticing and stuff. Yeah, because we lost our spy, you know, basically Captain Cold. Yeah, exactly. I like the way you think, Mitch. <laughs> That's why you keep me around. Yeah. Well, there's other reasons, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great theories. Uh, anything else you want to talk about this episode? No. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go ahead and talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. then. Um, once again, another breakout from prison. The whole idea is they want to break out uh, uh, Robbie Reyes' uncle, Eli, from prison because he's the only one that could probably help them with the whole book and the and the ghost characters. Uh, yep. Robbie Reyes has a lot of anger. <laughs> Obviously. <No. laughs> And uh, now that he knows that he can light up chains on fire, he uses that to evacuate ghosts or to ghost bust, I guess. Because they, they used that joke a lot in this episode. They did. <laughs> uh, it was... I liked the visuals that they, they had in this. And they ended up throwing in a new mystery. So I'm guessing the thing that put Robbie's little brother in the wheelchair was this drive-by that he was talking to this Fifth Street loco about. And um, the guy was the last last member of that gang, presumably because Robbie has taken out the rest of the gang. And uh, he said that it wasn't anybody in the, in the Fifth Street that had ordered this hit. Uh, someone else had. And he didn't know who it was, so Robbie was, an, was not okay with this answer. And... Basically burned him. Burned him dead. <laughs> and now the government has, you know, more ammo to use against S.H.I.E.L.D. because of that. That's true. So that was the other thing was the our new director of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, Jeffrey Mace, was having an interview with a senator played by, I forget her name at the moment, uh, but she was in Bend It Like Beckham. I remember that. Anyways. Uh, the two of them are at opposing ends, and humans should be allowed, uh, as a co- as said by Jeffrey Mace, and and humans should not be allowed, as said by the senator. And they're having this telecommunications debate, basically, and uh, because of uh, I guess I guess the whole world didn't know that he was an inhuman. But he comes out to the world that he is an inhuman, and it's the best way to say that, look, you can trust in humans because I'm one. Uh, but because of this and because of his history, Gemma figured out that something that happened um, that he is very much highly praised for was not exactly what happened. And we will find out, I guess, in future episodes what all that means. Uh, and because of this, she no longer has to take her polygraph every day that she previously had to. And it was a big thing because she now knows about the Ada robot, and if she didn't pass the polygraph, she's obviously going to get in a lot of trouble. Yep. But, I mean, I don't think she should have made that threat. Now I feel like there's going to be consequences for her character. Yeah, especially since we saw the the at the very end of the episode, we saw the, director, the new director and the senator meeting together uh, in a disc- undisclosed location in a limo or something like that. So, 
did you get the impression that they're working together or that they basically just came together at this moment because he wanted her to? I had a feeling that they were working together. I have the feeling that they want us to think that they're working together, but I don't think that's what's happening. Man, I I really like uh, you know the new director, and I don't want to start hating him now. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess that's the thing that happens in big spy organizations. Whoever's at the top always has to keep secrets. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, look, it was Nick Fury. He obviously kept a lot of secrets. Eventually, Coulson kept secrets, and now it's him. Uh, yep. What did you think about the bombshell that? Because Coulson kept prodding May about what it was she saw when she died. Because and May even throws it in his face. He's like, well, you died. What did you see? And he's like, well, I died, but I didn't get a chance to see anything because they kept me in this fucking experiment. You actually died and came back to life. Um, she says she thought about him. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's alluding to an, a romantic thing between the two of them? I think so. Huh. You know, uh, res- mutual respect for each other. and Or maybe it was more of a, you know, he wouldn't want it to end this way. What would Coulson do in the situation? You know, he's gotten out of worse. So if he's gotten out of worse, I can make it through as well. Yeah, uh, obviously. Coulson has never really been uh, branched with anybody, I guess. Um cuffed i don't know what's the word i was looking for but other than the cello player from seattle that we saw in one episode and they mentioned in what was it the avengers no yeah in the avengers okay um and obviously may had her husband that eventually became uh the bad guy last season i don't remember what his name was now but he ended up not being a bad guy he was a good guy because he was there to take out hive kind of uh but he eventually died so the two of them are single uh yeah it definitely could happen so when they're running through the prison and they're trying to get away uh i would have to say between may's fighting uh daisy's fighting and her powers and then colson's fighting and his metal arm don't you think he they could have taken out those guys easily those watchdogs i think so especially since daisy pretty much takes them all out by herself in the in the cafeteria i mean eventually at the end they kind of overrun her but if there was two more of them they would have done just fine i don't understand why they were running away from them maybe to try to get to eli before the ghost so she's like the mission is more important go now yeah but they already had Robbie and uh, Mac going after Eli, which they would have had it taken care of, but then Mac decided to help out those uh, guards, and then Robbie obviously uh, had his revenge that he needed to get, which was more overpowering. Um, yep. Oh, I forgot to say that. Did I didn't I say that his brother was the one that was the the victim of the car the drive by shooting, and I guess. Uh, what's his face? Also, Robbie would have been also. I mean, that's why he his brother his brother's in the wheelchair, and he probably died. But he, then he made the the deal with the devil and became the Ghost Rider, so he lived. You then okay? So you only said you know about Chris from Walking Dead getting shot, or Free the Walking Dead getting shot, 
ended up being a wheelchair. But no, you did not say your theory about Robbie. Yeah, I think that's when he probably he probably was caught in the crossfire as well, died, met with the devil, and the devil was like, "Well, I can bring you back to life, but you'd have to be my my spirit of vengeance." And that's when we get this new Ghost Rider. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> it. I mean, it really does make sense. Who do you think was the one that called that ordered the hit on him and his brother? Then I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I would imagine that Robbie was probably associated with some gangs as well when he was younger and before he was, you know, Ghost Rider. So I think if they decide to go ahead and tie in with the comic book a little bit, uh, the comic book version of Robbie Reyes. I'm going to say that his uncle was very much more involved with this group than they're letting on. And he had the Darkhold book in his hand and he ordered the hit because he needed to make a sacrifice to get some kind of power from the book. Wow. His, his (laughs) uncle is evil. (laughs) Yes. And in the comic books, his uncle is really evil. So I think that's what's going to happen is that his he's going to they're going to find out that his uncle basically gave up his uh his two nephews and since ne- technically neither one of them died he didn't get his powers that he was supposed to and then that's when he got mad at the the one doctor and beat him up and put him in the in the coma and then he went to jail instead of the story is that he saw what that doctor was doing to the other doctors and he beat him up and went to jail Wow. Damn. You <laughs> really thought, thought this through. And yeah, I mean, it, it all makes sense too, especially how the ghost fi- finds Eli and then it's like, oh, I need you to read this book. And then he opens it and he gets this creepy ass smile on his face. Yeah. 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 And it was interesting that uh, the book, you know, was in English for her, but then in German for him because it was his first language and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, there's going to be. Uh, a lot going on with this book. I, I like the fact that this season is going supernatural with everything. Uh, I, I think we only we only got one more episode before Doctor Strange comes out. So Doctor I Strange. hope I hope it has some kind of tie in with Doctor Strange, and uh, you know maybe it comes to a head next next episode. Yeah, or it could be uh, the episode after that. Yeah, it could have a retroactive tie-in with Doctor Strange. You know, maybe... Yeah, yeah maybe uh, Doctor Strange will show up in the episode after that and pick up the book. Ooh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> because, I mean, as we've seen in the preview for the movie, uh, it's definitely going to be an origin story for Doctor Strange. So, mm-hmm. you know, if it happens before the movie, I guess, technically he wouldn't be Doctor Strange. Yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, he would still be Doctor Strange because that's his name, but he wouldn't be the master of magic that he's that we know him as that's true or who knows maybe we might see a baddie we might see one of uh mad eccleson's uh mickelson mad mickelson. i guess mickelson uh we might see one of his uh henchmen appear in the tv show that could be it too yeah he would definitely want a, uh, a hand in that dark old book uh yep. anything else that you had about this episode no Quit mind fucking me though. <laughs> I can only take so much. It's only got so much capacity. Uh, fair enough. We'll, we'll move over to uh, the big episode for the week The Walking Dead. Uh, the big goodbye to the characters that Negan killed. And we did, I did say characters. 
So yep, you heard that right. As you pointed out in, you know, I don't know if it was on shows or in or in our episodes or in uh uh off off microphone conversations that Denise died the way that um Abraham died in the comic book. So he was due for death. <laughs> and uh yeah, he was the first he was the victim that was being referred to in last season's finale. And yep, he bashed him in good. And as I think, as everybody knows now, as he was about to get hit, he flashed the peace sign at uh, Sasha, which was their thing. Every time you know they they'd meet up or they left each other, they they kind of flashed a peace sign. Uh, it was it was probably really hard for Rosita and Sasha both to watch, uh, as we see in the in, in the episode. The two of them go over to him and pick up his dead body, and. Uh, Basically, one of Negan's rules was if you move, and he stated this, and they restated it a bunch of times in this episode, but he stated in the last the the season finale episode, if you move, you try to do anything, we start all over again. And as he says, he is a man of his word. And he, uh, yeah. after Daryl saw the beating of Abraham, he got pissed off in his weakened state, jumped up, punched Negan in the face, and well. We started all over, and we got the death that we know from the comic books. We got Glenn's death. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you think of the two deaths? Did Were you expecting the second death after we saw Abraham die? Well, um, you know, I wasn't expecting the second one. Um, but I want to say that after months and months and months of discussing... We both came, basically narrowed it down that we thought Abraham was going to get it. Um, So high five to you, Mitch. (laughs) High five to you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And basically, I just, maybe it's because Glenn is is actually, was one of my favorite characters from the TV show and from the comics. So just to see him get brutally beat to death, you know, makes me just place all the blame on Daryl. And it just, you know, after Abraham got it, I was like, oh, he's fine. Nobody else is going to die. And then I was like, no, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, it, it was a bad idea for Daryl to jump up, especially since he's weak and, you know, uh, he only got the one punch in and which then resulted in Glenn's death. But I, 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 I can't, as the person that I am, I can't blame Daryl. Something needed to be done at that moment. And Negan is the one that's put them in this situation. So, I, you know, the blame solely exists for Negan for me. Uh, Technically, cocky Rick put them all in that in that position. Yes, but it's still Negan's group and the fact that he wants to rule everything. True. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the death of Glenn, he, his, par- his last words, after, even after being fucking beaten in the head... Uh, he tells he finds the way to actually say to Maggie that uh, I'll find you, which is something they've said to each other throughout the, the the seasons, and you know this is more poignant because it means that he'll find her in heaven. And uh, yeah, I I can't believe how many times I got people come up to ask me this week like, what did he mean by that? And I'm like, what do you mean he died? So he obviously just meant you know he'll find him in the afterlife, like whatever that means. It's it's not like he, yeah. he he's transporting his consciousness to another body or anything. 
If they did that, this is going to be a whole know. different show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, the next part of the episode is really all about Negan breaking Rick. Because Rick's words to him after killing Glenn is, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. Maybe not today. Or probably not today. Probably not tomorrow. But I'm going to kill you. And because of that, Negan's like, well... Obviously, you need to be broken. So he takes him away in the the RV and, you know, says, uh, this is your opportunity. Take that axe and put it right in the back of my head or right in my back or whatever. And as he goes to do it, Negan swings around, swings around and has the assault rifle. However, <laughs> there are many times in this scene where Negan no longer has that assault rifle. And he's nowhere near that assault rifle. And... Rick could easily have brought up that hatchet and 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 killed him, but he doesn't because he's afraid. Now I guess it's easily you could easily argue that Negan says, uh, you know, he if he doesn't come back, I guess, or if something happens to him, the the rest of his people will get killed. The rest of Rick's people will get killed. I don't know. Why do you think? Which... He, why do you think he doesn't put up a fight? More of a fight right then. He. I mean, we get, we we get the the situation where he says, "Okay, go get my axe," and he throws the axe out in, into the horde, and we have this pretty awesome scene where Rick has to basically survive, and he's hanging from a, a walker that's hanging off from a chain on his neck, and that uh, was pretty fucking awesome. At certain times, it looked like he's about yeah. to die, but Negan then lays down a, a blanket of fire to take out the zombies around him. Uh, eventually. Rick gets back into the RV and and he has his opportunity, but he doesn't take it once again. And then he brings him back to the group and Negan says, oh, you still have that look in your eye that you're going to try something. So we throw out Carl and oh, <laughs> we really think that this is the moment that Negan is going to cut off Rick's arm like he has in the comic book. And which you brought up many times. You said, because you've asked me if you think they'll do it eventually. And I still don't think they'll do it. And they don't do it in this. Uh, he tells Carl, or he tells Rick that he needs to cut off Carl's arm and, uh, or else he'll kill the rest of his group. And he, he gives him a countdown from three to one. And he gets to one and Rick is just blubbering and blah, blah, blah. And he eventually lifts up his axe to do it. And in true God fashion, just like God did to Abraham, says, nope, you don't actually have to kill your son. <laughs> I just <laughs> wanted to know if you would do it. <laughs> so Carl also doesn't get his arm chopped off, which would have been funny because he's already missing an eye and now he'd be missing an arm. And been shot twice. He's been shot twice. And yeah, I just want more bad things to happen to Carl, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> You want to get mutilated? You want to be basically a stump by the end of the show? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah. What did you think of that? What did you think about Negan's way of breaking Rick? It's obviously very successful. Very successful, yeah. Very fucking extreme. <laughs> uh Eventually, they uh, the rest of the saviors and Negan leave, and um, Rick is like, "All right, you know, we need to head back home." And uh, Maggie's like, "No, I need still need to go to Hilltop." 
and she's going to drag Glenn's body by herself there, apparently, even though she's pregnant and the baby's sick. in distress and sick, and yeah, she's going to do it on her own. She wants Rick to go back and get more people from Alexandria to start up a war between her and or between him and and Negan and and Rick's like, no, we can't do that right now. Let us help you and. Uh, basically everybody grabs somebody between the two, two different bodies, which are missing heads. (laughs) And, uh, they, I'm guessing carry the body back to Alexandria. Do you think they go to Alexandria? They go to Hilltop. Um, I mean, I would feel that they would go to Hilltop and also, um, Negan did was nice enough to leave him a truck. So I think that's what they're going to put the bodies and just drive off. Oh, that's right. I uh, forgot he left him a truck's. Oh, but he did. T- he did take Daryl. He took Daryl because Daryl's a good dog. Yep, and I feel like Daryl's gonna die now. Oh, 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 you think he's gonna die now? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I still don't think he's gonna die. Uh, he's gonna be Daryl. Daryl is gonna be Daryl. They don't need that character to change. They don't want that character to change. He will get beat down. He will get uh, what he you know what he needs to be, but eventually he'll he'll still be the guy who spits in Negan's face. And whether that leads to consequences or not is the writer's choice, I guess. Or who knows? Maybe he'll convince some people in the community to betray Negan and you know take over the uh, take over their their little sanctuary area that they're at okay so this is where we're gonna come in with my my rant go ahead my complaints so i don't care that they killed glenn and abraham i think it's great i think it 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 creates drama it moves the story along it makes it so that people have to change which wrong this (laughs) which makes for a good story however i think they went about it wrong with the negan character now you can sit there and argue with me that this is Negan's character from the comic book. I don't know. I've never read the comic. I've said this many times over. Uh, I know you have. And would you say this is a very close interpretation of what you saw in the comic book? Yeah, because, okay, in a weird fucking twisted way, he's fair. He will, you know, just like I said, you know, first one's free. Next one, we're not going to put up with that shit. You know, he really is, even though he's sick and demented, he does believe in in um, being fair. He also does strike bargains with other characters okay. in the book. But see, that's not that's not being fair. That he's still ruling with an iron fist. He's just giving them the false idea of fair. And that I mean, because look at what we've known about the character before he even showed up. His his savior set fire to the forest. There was three there was three people that were trying to get away from. Uh, the saviors and they tracked them down and tried to kill them. Uh, Daryl made the mistake of trying to help them and it really fucked him over in the end. Cause then eventually yep. that what's the guy's ca- the character's name? Dwight. Dwight. Dwight went back to Negan, got his face burned by Negan. And you know, that's not something that happens in a fair community. None of those things do. Uh, eventually. Okay, so he's running it with fear. Because if you fear me, you will listen to me. Right, but that's not fair. That's fear. You're sitting yourself. <laughs> See, and then you know that he he demands half of whatever anybody creates uh, on Hilltop or whatever they, they have. And 
if they don't get half, then they come in and kill a person. That's not fair. That's not bargains. That's 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 a uh, extortion. That's what the mob does. These he's not look. I wanted Negan to be this guy that he basically is is Rick. Rick does things, uh, you know, retro not retroactively, but in response to what happens to his group. Uh, yes, they were they came into Hilltop as the lone as the gunslingers of the old west, and like they were like, oh look, uh, you guys are having a problem with these guys. We'll come in. We'll come help you. Make it so your town isn't being overrun by these outlaws, and uh, we'll kill we'll kill them off. And you know, then we'll be on. You'll pay us, and we'll be on our way. Kind of thing. He wasn't trying to extort them for half of whatever they make every week. He just was like, give us the supplies we need this week, and then you know we'll do this job for you. Uh, so he goes and kills Negan's people. Then Negan is like, well, fuck. You know, we need to retaliate, just like. Uh, Rick did with the governor. Uh, obviously, the governor was the way that they portrayed him in the show is di- I, I know different from what they kind of portrayed him in the comic book. But he was running a town, but then he kind of got a little bit too much power and it let and, and it corrupted him. Uh, this Negan character basically seems like he's just an asshole and he's trying to gather as much power as he can and he does it through fear. I wanted him to be like Rick so that we as audience viewers had to sit there and decide, well, you know, who is really in the right? They're both just looking out for their people. Negan isn't looking out for his people. He's looking out for himself. Rick looks out for his people. Do you see what I'm saying? Like the way he goes about killing uh, Glenn and Abraham is so brutal and so unnecessary. After hitting them with the bat and, you know, killing them, they're done. You don't need to sit there and keep beating them until their heads are obliterated he's sending a message um, the death is a message the the overkill is unnecessary it's not how you send a message it just makes you look crazy and then you have all these saviors that you i can't all the people that were there couldn't be is probably not all the people that he has as his group so even with that you have to imagine half of the people that were there cannot agree with what's going on here because they're living in fear. So if you take into account that 50 to 60% of the people that live underneath Negan's rule are, don't agree with it and don't want him to be the leader, they could overpower the other 40%. And they probably don't have access to the weapons. They all have access to weapons. They, they're, you're, you're shown weapons right there. Yeah, but I mean, I'm gonna call. Okay, you have an um, an AR-15, and I'm and I hate you. I'm trying to take you out, and I try to be sneaky about it, and I just have a fucking mallet in my hand. Who's gonna win? Who's gonna win? Even if I catch you off guard, who's gonna win? Fair enough, but even so, even if if it's just, if it's not a, a a group of people that that take over, you got to imagine that any one of the people that he keeps close as an as a lieutenant also does not at least one of them is not going to agree with what he does maybe it's because they feel that they can be a better leader and they they want to rule with an iron fist they would eventually take him down the same thing that happens with any uh monarch like this any patriarch that happens like this i should say not monarch patriarch uh eventually someone's going to take you down because they want to be the ruler and if this type of thing happens over and over obviously it doesn't work it 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 I don't know. To me, it, 
I, to me, this this character is just a rehash. It's going to be the governor again. It's going to be Terminus again. It, it's it's you've hurt my people. I'm going to eventually kill you, and then we move on to the next bad guy. They need to change things. All right. Well, I mean, obviously, I feel like maybe his the I want to say maybe three people that are close to him probably are just as fucked up and sick in the head as he is because I mean Simon was there and pretty much like I want to say probably edging him on to do you know these things okay as well and I agree with you that his three lieutenants that were probably just as sick as him eventually one of them is going to be like I can be a sicker person I can do more damage and they would eventually kill him when they weren't when he wasn't looking they're not going to do it what? nobly. They're not going to be like call him out in the middle of the group and be like, "I challenge you for the leadership." No, they're going to fucking walk up to him behind him in the middle of the night and just slit his throat because that's, that's what tr- crazy assholes do. Right. All right. Well, um, I mean, just to give you a little bit of insight, um, my sources tell me um, to my coworkers that actually read uh, the comics and gone a lot further than I have. Um, basically, Dwight does exist in the comics. Um, basically Negan believes in having multiple wives. So this is probably going to piss you off, but he does not condone rape. Um, and basically, uh, he ends up taking Dwight's wife for one of his wives and Dwight ends up getting pissed. Um, Dwight tries to betray him once and he gets the iron on his face, just like how we saw on the TV show. And then he basically gets a bigger group and a bigger rally, um, to overthrow, Basically, they have a all-out war, and um, it's basically Rick's group against the Saviors, and uh, with Dwight's help. And basically, they don't end up killing Negan, but they end up end up throwing him in prison. Okay, I mean, that's what happened in the comics. Obviously, we 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 stray away at what happens in the TV show. Sometimes uh, we have had some of the stuff that does happen. Obviously, with Glenn dying. Uh, so I don't know if that's what what's going to happen in this or not. Obviously, we've already seen that his face is burned, so we've already deviated from that storyline, whether or not right. he is going to eventually overthrow Negan or not. I think right. that, obviously, with them throwing in the whole Ezekiel in the kingdom, I think that's where Rick is going to get his his backup to try and fight Negan, uh, which makes more sense to me. To fight Negan and the Saviors, you're going to have Ezekiel and his, uh, his kingdom. Um... I want to know where Jesus is at at this moment. Obviously, he's 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 probably over at Hilltop. Uh, what happened to Tara and uh, the black dude? Obviously, Keith. Yeah, Keith Heath. and Tara went on a mission right. together. But <laughs> the guy, the actor who plays Heath, is now on Twenty Four. He's got his own TV show. So, you know, what's that going to mean? Is he is Tara just going to show up and be like, "Oh, Heath died"? <laughs> oh, that piss me off if they do another off-screen death. <laughs> So we'll we'll have to see what 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 happens. Um, any theories from you? What do you think is going to happen? Obviously, that's where Carol and and Morgan are at. They're at the kingdom, right? Um, fuck. I mean, at this point, um, I'm still a little bit. I still need a little bit of therapy. Um, <laughs> so my brain's still a little bit mush and trying to get over what happened on Sunday. Oh, your brain is mush. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that uh, you know Glenn and Abraham know that feel. <laughs> <laughs> they totally do. <laughs> um, no, I I can't think of anything. You? <laughs> no. Um, 
I do have to say once again, I think that if Rick would have showed back up in that RV with a dead Negan, I don't think that the Saviors would have taken out uh, Rick's group. I think they would have been like, they would have been like, saved us. No, I don't think he would. They would have been like, they would just been like, wow. Okay, maybe this is our new leader. Like that's the kind of thing. Like they would just been in shock. Maybe Simon. Simon might have tried to kill somebody, and and that well, you you would have had yet another death of Rick's group. But other than that, I don't think the rest of them would have done anything. Okay. Um. I also, and I think that would have been the craziest thing, especially for people who read the comic books, to have Negan die in the first episode. But then again, there would probably would have been like a lot of watch viewers have been like, "What kind of bullshit is this?" Like they they were expecting this big ass baddie. It's true. You gotta. Oh, uh, you were saying earlier. Uh, so the ratings weren't as high as we thought they were going to be. No, uh, AMC. I guess they they calculated that that the the not the ratings but the viewership. They they thought that there was going to be more. It was still the highest watched episode, but it wasn't. It didn't hit the numbers that they expected it was going to hit. Uh, I I assume that you, they're probably not taking into DV in, taking into account DVR numbers or uh, streaming numbers, but yeah, that's what I read. Okay, gotcha. So, and you know, most people don't watch their watch TV shows live anymore. Or not most people, but a lot of people don't watch TV TV live anymore. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, what I have to say. I mean, obviously, we're gonna. We're going to see where the rest of the season goes. Um, how does Rick get his revenge? And, you know, who is he going to get to, to team up with him? Because, obviously, his group is not big enough to take on all those saviors yet. Exactly. And, uh, you know, if you have more rants, I'll be more than happy to listen to them. Because, well, you, you know, know you... <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you know, any listener, if you have some rants, you have some theories, you have something that you want to say to me about what I had to say about The Walking Dead, I would love to hear it. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me on Twitter, I'm at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Daniel is also on Twitter as Dan at Daniel Von Helvet. And you can also get Geek Elite Radio on Twitter as at Geek Elite Radio. Uh, but most of our conversation happens over on Facebook. So if you look up Geek Elite Radio on Facebook, you can be a part of our community and have your voice be heard so that the the masses can hear what you have to say. And uh, I would, you know, we would love to hear from you. Uh, after that, go to our website, geekleetradio.com. Be a part, uh, listen to our archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geekly Radio Network, uh, as well as find us on Twitter or Zoom or not Zoom, iTunes or uh, uh, you know uh, Google Google Music or. Uh, podcast addict, which, which is what I listen to all my podcasts on. Uh, but until next time, uh, this has been Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.